Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Now, of course, he is situated in the Midwest, but the West Coast, West Coast could be in his future. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline will take a trip down memory lane. It'll be a poignant day for us on the Goodyear Hotline. This is the one year passing of Kobe Bryant. If you're watching on television, Keyshawn is repping Kobe with the eight. He's got the 24 on the sleeve. We'll get into it throughout the course of the morning. Fellas, how are you? Before we get into the biggest NFL game of all, that of course being the blame game and who bears the brunt of the blame for the Packers elimination in the playoffs. Key says you got to put a little bit on Rodgers himself. More on that in just a second and what his plans could be. How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm straight. I'm as straight as they come. I had a long day yesterday. Uh, you know, coming off prime time and the radio and being at home and doing everything that I last night I had a chance to watch American Skin, which is fire. Tell like, us what that a, is, real it's quick. A, it's a movie uh, that uh, it it's basically it's around. I don't want to give it all away, but it has something to do with what we doing, what we dealing with in America today. Uh, Spike Lee, it's a Spike Lee joint. He was uh, the the producer of the the movie or the director of the movie. Um, so it was pretty cool though. I mean, it's like, you got to see it though. I don't want to give it away. You got to fire Jay. No, I'm with you, man. Nate, uh, Nate Parker and yeah. Amari Harwick. They did a hell of a job, man. Yeah. It's fire though. Spike is going to join us by the way, this morning at 9 30 AM Eastern. He'll also have some memories about Kobe Bryant. Cause Spike's probably one of the bigger basketball fans you'll ever meet. Start the day brought to you by indeed hiring. You need indeed learn more at indeed.com slash credit. Let's just get into uh, what we heard at the top there with Aaron Rodgers, right? Key, it's the blame game, right? So everybody is blaming Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur blamed Mike Pettin for what happened at the end of the first half, some of the defensive issues that the Packers had. So he's placing the blame on Pettin after everybody is backing up the truck, as Jay likes to say, with the beep, beep, and backing over LaFleur. But you say Aaron Rodgers has to take some responsibility here. Well, that, what I'm saying is when you look at it, it's not all about what Mike LaFleur did or Pettin did, Rogers has some culpability you know, Culpability as well um, because he's the guy. Take control, right? You wave that dude off, man. Tell that dude, no, but you had three downs. You had three downs to get it in. It didn't happen. Wave him off and say, no, we getting ready to go for it. We're like, no. Step up and tell him no, period. Just – be defiant in that moment. Even if you even if you get backlash, you say, no, I felt like I, I'm getting ready to take this last shot. I don't care. Because in the end, that's what we want guys like Aaron Rodgers to do. We want him to take over. Sometimes you have to help the coaches get out of their own way because coaches will get in their way. And, and so when you look at that, Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity three other times with turnovers to move the ball down the field that they didn't. They allowed the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to stall them. Frustration set in, so all the fingers are pointed everywhere. Yeah, but certainly bad communication on, on the floor's part to Aaron Rodgers of not letting him know what he's thinking on the sideline. You have to let him know what the hell is going on. So now he could – Figure out what play to call, Jay. You can't just sit there. Don't tell him. That's the one person on the entire field you need to be in constant communication with because he's the one guy who touches the ball every single play. 
key, you know, you have a very demonstrative personality. And hey, man, I, don't I, tell nobody that. Yeah, I, I think, think everybody sees it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I go about it a little bit differently. Um, you know, I, I think that's a conversation that you have, obviously, with Coach LaFleur. But at the same time, you know, I, there is responsibility on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. I am not trying to, you know, dismantle that. But at the same time, you, you do want your coach at that particular time to put you in a position to succeed, right? Obviously, you know, as a point guard, I can kind of equate that to a quarterback to some degree. There's so much going on in your head. And yes, you could have ran for extra yards in that third down, but that's what the greatest coaches do as well. They put you in the right position to succeed. And you, you do want your coach at the end of the day to believe the fact that you were the MVP of this league and that you did lead NFL history in, you know, conversion rates in the end zone, right? When he had 48 touchdowns on 60 trips. So it, there's culpability on both sides, but I, I think it's a little bit more of the history that goes along with Aaron Rodgers and this organization about them, you know, not surrounding him with skill position players. Um, obviously, he hasn't had big-time wide receiver targets that they've been drafting. I, I think it's all those things combined in that particular moment that I thought we saw come to a head. That's what I felt like it was. You know, it, it it's you, you make great points there, Jay. I think I just I don't know. I, I I know, like you said, my personality in situations that I've been in, where coaches were going to make certain decisions that I felt as a receiver, not even as a quarterback, as a receiver, that that was a bad decision that we probably shouldn't do that, and I let them know, but mm-hmm. I also let them know that if you change your mind, I'm going to cash in for you no matter what the situation is, multiple times in my career, whether it was in college or in the pros, plays was changed because I said, no, man, we're not doing that. Y'all brought me here. Y'all paying me to do this. Let's do this. But I had to deliver on that. And and so that's my only thing. We talk about it in basketball. Who's going to take the last shot? I'm meeting you at half court because I'm getting ready to get in you. (laughs) I'm getting ready to get in you. And I know Aaron Rodgers has that personality. And sometimes maybe you're just so frustrated with the situation exactly. that you just be like, whatever, man. You I mute don't, it, yeah. I don't, you you, you want to call a play, Zubin? Just go right ahead and call the damn play. I'm that, done. You're not That's listening. what it felt like, though, Key. That's what it felt like, right? Because you know Aaron, like he usually does speak his mind to situations. So it felt like it was one of those things that had culminated to the point where it's like, you know what? Y'all want to do it y'all way? Fine. Let's see how it plays out. Y'all do it y'all way. And I felt like when I listened to the post-game presser, that was Aaron Rodgers saying, you guys did it your way. Now we have decisions to make because now I may want to do it my way. Yeah, indeed. Key talked about cashing in. Rodgers can cash into the tune of $134 million via his extension. He's contractually obligated to the Packers through the 2023 season. Which but, means nothing, though. Right. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> as you have learned since you've been working with me, Jay. Yes, yes. Key. You were right. Or as Deshaun Watson has shown us. Before. I didn't know it was possible in football, though, Key. I knew it was possible in it, basketball. I'm watching a transformation in football, though, right now, right? Hey, hey buddy. It's possible in any sport. Yeah. I don't want to be here. <laughs> period. And here is how, not period, with an exclamation point. Here's how, because get up has an exclamation point on the end, because you need to get up at 8 a.m. Eastern time. It's too early. Here's Adam Schefter on how he could extricate himself from Green Bay. He's under contract to the Green Bay Packers for three more seasons. So they control him for three more seasons, unless... Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not going to play there anymore. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go rogue here. 
and force my way out of there. And I want to be traded. And I want to be traded, let's just say, to Southern California, where I own a home 20 minutes from the Rams facility, where I want to be traded to the Bay Area, where my football career started. Now, I'm not telling you that it goes that way. I'm just telling you that was an unusual press conference. There were a lot of emotions. And people think the Packers control him when, in fact, Aaron Rodgers can flip it rather quickly by basically saying, I'm not going to play there. That's how it happens, if it mm. happens. Well, if look, so, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it could happen. But in Aaron Rodgers' case, it's so hard because he is Green Bay. He is Green Bay, Jay. Not just as a player, but as just everything. It's Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Super Bowl champion, taking him to championship games. It's just, that's a hard one. You've got to put that sort of stuff on the organization. Unless you could explain why you really want out. Because you would be letting so many people in that region and across the NFL down. So you better be sure that that is what you want. Because once you say that, there is no turning back. Chances are remote he's gone, but imagine that could possibly be the last play. If he's gone, that fourth and eight play would be the last snap he ever had for the Packers. And Zubin, I'll say this. Tom Brady was a New England Patriot for a long time. Now look who he is. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Joe Montana, Wayne Gretzky, all the greats more wore, wore more than one. Zubin Mahetay, sports senior to us. No doubt. No <laughs> d- obviously, I wore a sweater, so I'm more of a hockey guy. I didn't wear a jersey. I wore a sweater. On the way, as you know, today we're celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant. He died one year ago today. Key knew him very well. He's got a very personal connection to the day itself. Jay, of course, played against him. We'll talk about their memories of the Mamba. Mamba forever. Celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant. For a lot of players who grew up idolizing him, peers who he played against, I think Kobe transcended the Lakers and the NBA. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Tell you what, Jack Buck made that saying famous. I don't believe what I just saw, but for Laker Nation in the NBA world, that night was surreal. 60 points, Mamba out. 
final game. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. There will be plenty of discussion about Kobe Bryant. Key is decked out. He's got the eight for Kobe. He's got the 24 on the left sleeve for Kobe if you're watching this morning on ESPN2. And speaking of two, he's got the two for his daughter, Gigi, who also perished in that helicopter crash. I'm sure most people remember exactly where they were when they heard the news. Key, you have a personal connection to the story literally and figuratively with regard to proximity. Uh, Weigh us in. Take us inside your experience that day. Of course, Jay, he served as a mentor to you. We'll get to that as well as we remember Kobe Bryant throughout the course of the morning. Yeah, it was it was one of those wild mornings, right? Everybody across the the world, uh, as the news kind of shocked us all. Um, I was just at home in in Los Angeles, in Calabasas, and uh, I was in the bed. and And at the time, my wife was headed uh, back from working out uh, at the Mamba facility, mm. which is wild, right? Right. I mean, think um, and. Uh, she called my phone, and I was like, you know, you know how it is. Your phone's vibrating over and over and over again. I'm like, right. what the hell do you want? Right. It's early so, now in the yes, West Coast. It's early. I'm asleep. And so I'm like, oh, God. So I wake up, and she goes, you hear? So I, at that point, I'm like, hear what? She, and so I stand up, whatever. I get up in the bed. She, she's explaining to me. She goes, you know, Kobe Bryant, helicopter just crashed mm. in Calabasas. I'm like, no helicopter crashed in Calabasas. She said, no, I'm telling you, turn on the news. Turn on the so I'm thumbing through, trying, you know, at this point now I got up. I'm turning on the news. There's nothing on the news yet. Now I'm th- looking through all the little stuff. I'm, you know, looking. Then all of a sudden things started trickling in slowly. I'm like, nah, man, wait, hold on. So then I look out my window to try to see what I could see. Mm-hmm. And I can't see anything because it's cloudy. It's all the fog. Mm-hmm. So now I'm saying to myself, okay, she's like, he, it's behind our house, babe. I'm like, it's not, okay, fine. I get up and I go Zubin and Jay. I get in my car because I got, you know, it's cold, so I'm not going to walk. I got in the car, believe it or not, to go down the end of the block to the, to the cul-de-sac. And so as I go down the end of the block to the cul-de-sac, I start to see people coming that way from inside the community. It was mm-hmm. probably 20 people or so. They're walking toward the end of the cul-de-sac mm-hmm. because at the end of the cul-de-sac you can look over the hillside. And I'm like, and so as I'm talking to people, I'm like, oh, so I see like guys that I know, Al Harrington and some other guys, that in, and then we're talking. And I'm like, oh man. So then I go, I get in my car, go out of the community to around the other way to Lost Virgins, which is the street that buds up to the hillside, which is about 150 yards from my backyard. Yeah. And so at that point, the streets are blocked off, everything. So I park, I get out, I walk. And I'm talking, you know, talking to people. I see more people that live in the neighborhood. Uh, and so I'm talking to, like, Kenyon Martin and just some other guys. And then I talked to one of the sheriff officers. I'm like, is it, you know, is that Kobe or whatever? And so he was like, can't say right now. So when he starts saying those sort of things, I'm like, wow. Then all the news of different people on the helicopter start to come in and different things start to happen. And so you, at that moment, you're just, like, numb. To the ump degree, things start playing in your mind mm. about everything, and you know, and then you, you're not oblivious to certain things, right? Mm. We're not, and, and so as you just start to hear it, Jay, it just start coming in more and more, and phones start ringing, and everybody, and then you look up within 30 minutes, 
I'm talking about, man, that entire area was just swarmed with Laker fans and Kobe Bryant fans. You know, Key, this has been a – 2020 has been a crazy year. I think we all can attest to that. And this is the first moment that it kind of kicked off the year, (laughs) right? Like one of the first things that kind of kicked off all these series of events that started to occur – And um, it feels like five years ago that this happened, but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. It really does. Um, It was something I I feel as if everybody remembers exactly where they were when this story broke. I remember being at home with my daughter, who had just been born, and with my wife, and thinking it was a prank seeing it across like a, you know, the TMZ clicker or whatever you want to call it, how TMZ reports it. And then getting the notice from ESPN being living there in Brooklyn before I was able to move key and literally jumping in my car, still not even being able to process what the hell was going on. And then, you know, Zubin, it's interesting that you and I find ourselves working together. That was, I guess you can call that one of the most official days that you and I kind of kicked off our relationship because, you know, I was on air, you know, 45 minutes later trying to process in real time, you know, what a guy like Kobe, who was a mentor, like a big brother to me, meant to me in my life um, and trying to articulate that to the world, um, really not having all the information while we were trying to sift through all that in real time while you were on air on SportsCenter all day long, interviewing people, um, it was just the be- the beginning of a really challenging year, uh, but also the day that I remember almost, you know, I had a moment that happened to me when I got in my accident. I think this was another moment that just, it was a life awakening moment for me to recognize what I had in front of me instead of getting lost once again into the, the weeds or the frustration that we typically go through on a day-to-day basis. Last thing I would say is Kobe Bryant is the Lakers all-time leader, the Lakers all-time leader in points minutes and games so it's a reflection whether you're a casual fan or a hardcore lakers fan that kobe gave you more memories in a lakers uniform than any other laker ever more than magic more than kareem more than wilt more than big game james more than Shaq. he is the lakers all-time leader in points minutes games so any way you want to quantify it 48 minutes on the clock Game started over the course of a season or collectively. You got to enjoy watching Kobe in purple and gold more than any other Laker of all time. And we'll discuss much more about Kobe Bryant with Michael Eves, my partner on SportsCenter that day, who covered the Lakers for many, many years prior to joining ESPN, where he does a fabulous job working on SportsCenter, doing a lot of UFC coverage as well. But we'll go down memory lane with Michael Eves and some of his memories coming up at 7 a.m. Eastern. Spike Lee will join us this morning. I know this is a long way away, but this is a special day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Spike joined us that day on the air as well, obviously a gigantic basketball fan. On the way, as crazy as this question sounds, we'll broach it and somebody will try to defend it has this season already been a success for the defending super bowl champions even though everyone expected them to go back to back and they haven't done it just yet and what do we think about the bucks with regards to success discussing that on the way a dozen days away from super bowl 55 next on Keyshawn j will and Zubin. 
get to get, have a chance to repeat, get to do it against the best. It's something special, and I'm excited for the opportunity. Their door is not closing anytime soon, but they've got to cash in when the opportunity presents itself. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. LeBron back in section in. Here comes the double team. Fall away. Good again! LeBron has 46 when he hits a fallaway two-pointer from the right-hand side. And, Michael, this is as good of a performance by LeBron as a Laker as we've seen yet. That's John Ireland talking to his partner, Michael Thompson, on ESPN LA 710. Lakers over the Cavs, a little home cooking for the King in a 115-108 win. You heard John mention LeBron had 46. It made him the oldest Laker with a 40-point game since... Kobe Bryant, who had 60 in the final game of his career. More hoops, the Nets over the Heat, 98-85. They finished the game on a 20-7 run, breaking a tie and running away at the end. Durant has scored at least 20 in 14 straight games. One more piece of NBA news. The NBA and the Players Union are talking about the possibility of the All-Star game in March. We're really not sure how the second half of the season is going to play out in particulars, but a March 7th game in Atlanta during the NBA, what they're calling their mid-season break, which this year will run from March 5th to March 10th, obviously about a month or so later than normal. The season started a couple of months later than normal. The NBA this year has postponed 22 regular season games. We're just trying to get it all in and done, easier said. Then done. And Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. An opportunity to go back-to-back. Remember, the Chiefs had 50 years between Super Bowls, a half-century between championships, and now they're looking for two in as many years. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including the NFL insider Dan Graziano, coming up at 6.40 a.m. Eastern. A reminder to tune in to Greeny's show, which follows hours on many of these ESPN radio stations this morning. Greeny will have Mike Holmgren get to his thoughts on the Holy. Packers. 
be very mm. interesting to get his thoughts on the Packers and the NBC analyst Chris Collinsworth from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin writing the Greeny Weekday Mornings on ESPN Radio. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Mahomes got it done last year, and he's almost got it done this year. The job's not finished. When we went into the season, we weren't talking about going to the Super Bowl. We were talking about winning it again, and uh, we're trying to run it back. And we mean that, and um, I'm excited for the opportunity to go out there and play against a great football team and try to do that. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key, the question simply is, getting to the Super Bowl is an amazing accomplishment for most teams. Everybody's journey is a little bit different. Your thoughts, and then Jay's on whether the moment of just getting to the Super Bowl already qualifies as a success for the Chiefs and the Bucks, two teams in two completely different places when you really think about it. I think when you, when you look at the AFC Conference as a whole, clearly the best quarterback in the AFC Conference coming into the year was Patrick Mahomes. And the makeup of the team, the head coaching, all of those sort of things led us all to believe that the Kansas City Chiefs would be landing in Tampa Bay the week of the Super Bowl. And that is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it, it's not a surprise at all that they would get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, the key for them, though, is winning the Super Bowl. Right. If they win the Super Bowl, then there's something to talk about. <clears throat> if they lose the Super Bowl, it's just kind of like, okay, they lost the Super Bowl. We've seen this movie before where teams have been young and exciting and the quarterback's been young and exciting, and we're like, oh, they're going to be around forever. And then they lose the Super Bowl, and then they, for whatever reason, they can't figure out how to win another one for a period of time. And I think you could point to the team that lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Aaron Rodgers. is yet to get back to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Or you could point to the Seattle Seahawks in a young Russell Wilson with a dominant defense has yet to win another Super Bowl. Got back, but it's like they can't get out of their own way now. Mm. Now look at the Rams situation. They didn't win it, but we figured, oh, they're going to be okay. Jared Goff, $100 million. Oh, my God, he had an MVP-type season with the Super Bowl. Can't get out of their own way. So as you start to look at it, the, the key thing will be winning the Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, they're going to – that thing is getting ready. They're getting ready to drop another three in the next six years or something like Dynastic. that. Dynastic. Yes. We can start saying it. Yes. It's but too Zubin, early right now. The only thing I would say, that you know, the, the – the, the only comp that kind of makes sense is Aaron Rodgers. Just when I start looking at Pat Mahomes, right, like MVP, Super Bowl champion, and now back in the Super Bowl. Like, here's, here's one thing that I think people have to kind of put into play when you think about athletes, first and foremost. You know, these practical debates about, hey, should they be successful if they reach the Super Bowl? For somebody who just likes to play sports leisurely, of course, That's successful, right? But none of these guys think practically. None of them think reasonably when it comes to their sport. That's what's allowed them to get to the 1% of what they're doing anyway. Now, take that with understanding that mentality and now think about Patrick Mahomes. Times that by 10, right? Like, there's, there's none of these guys are going into this game, regardless of how fans look at it on the outside, saying, you know, we got here. What a great year. It's, hey, we have Travis Kelsey in his prime. We have Patrick Mahomes in his prime. We have all these weapons players in their prime. I want to go get it right now. And look, I maybe in 20 years, if they win a couple more, whatever happens, maybe Patrick Mahomes and these guys can take a step back and look at it realistically and say, you know what? We got there, man. That was crazy. What a run. But while you're in these moments, 
You know, every year I played in college, I was 95 and 13 in college. Every year we didn't win it, it felt like a failure. You lost too many games, Jake. 13's way too many. I agree, Key. And, and the two teams we lost to each year, the, the year we didn't win it, those teams ended up in a national championship. Now, hmm. people might call me crazy, Key. I remember the chip that we won, but I also remember the ones that we lost to the teams that we should have beat that got there. And those hurt more than ever. And that's how unreasonable athletes look at it, right? Because that's what the level we want to get to. I was trying to be funny with the 13, Jay. I know you were trying to be funny. Laugh. I was in a serious La- state of mind La- right laugh now. Laugh a little bit. Let your guard down, please. <laughs> hey, Jay, Jay, let's go to you on the reverse side here. The Bucks obviously snapped the NFL's second longest playoff drought. They had not won a playoff game since Key's Super Bowl championship team. They'd been to speaking the playoffs of, you mentioned in our 07, Bowl, lost in the wildcard. You Speaking of our Super Bowl team, we thought that we could have two more in us. Mm. But guess what? He just mentioned they hadn't won a playoff game since our Super Bowl. We actually thought, oh, we can ready to run it back next year. Didn't work. It didn't happen because so many different things got in the way. Took nearly 20 years, not quite 20, but nearly 20 years to win another playoff game. They did make the playoffs in 07, lost in the wild card round. So, all right, so with that as the backdrop, Jay, right? Haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years. Only the Browns had a longer playoff drought. Of course, they both snapped it. Is this season already a success for Tampa Bay when you consider how far they've come in a calendar year? Yes, yes. Yes for Tampa Bay. Uh, No for Tom Brady, but yes for Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay because, look, we were talking about this team – you know, midseason potentially not making the playoffs to a degree. <laughs> we talk about them barely making it in, scrapping in. And Amir Key talking about the fact that they may not make the playoffs. Uh, they were they had a difficult road. Obviously, you bring in Antonio Brown. You bring in all the Gronk. You bring in a lot of these pieces. First year, Tom Brady under Bruce Arians. How does he equip to that system during a pandemic? No preseason um, it takes a lot for these teams to come together and click at the right time. I actually thought we would be talking about Tampa Bay next year as a team that could compete with the Kansas City Chiefs to win it. I wasn't sure they were going to get there this year. But, look, I, I think this season has been a success. But also, I think for Tom Brady, a guy who's 43 years old, he's used to being at the pinnacle. He wants to win it more than anything. And I think that's what's starting to rub off on Tampa Bay, that internally, hey, this is success. But it's time to go out and get extra gravy because we have Tom Brady and we don't know how much longer Tom Brady's going to play this game. I, I think Jay's right on, on this. Um, when you look at Tom Brady, it's so much, right? Whether it's New England and Boston, whether it's look at me, I'm winning without you, mm. whether it's people saying he's winning without them. I, so he needs to finish the deal, him personally. For the organization and the team and the fan base, the satisfaction – has already been put together as a happy moment because they won a playoff game and they went to the playoffs. They had a playoff drought for as many years as you said, Zuman. Right. So that's a success in itself, considering that we, as you look at it at some point in the season, I and other people started looking at it and going, man, they may not even make the playoffs the way right. they're playing. What the hell is going on? But now that they've gotten, obviously, to the Super Bowl, along the way as they started chipping away, that started to resonate to the point where it's like, oh, we might actually win it. <laughs> but they're running up against Kansas City. So if they don't win it, it's still a success. It's somewhat not successful for Brady because all he does is win Super Bowl. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I expect to win. I'm Tom bleeping Brady, right. period. 
I Let, mean, that's just let's effing go, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm Brady, so it's a success for the Bucks. It won't be a success until Brady wins the Super Bowl. Last thing I would say, you know, you might give Stefanski the head coach of the year, and it might be easy to give Chase Young the defensive rookie of the year. Aaron Rodgers might win the MVP. I think the biggest domino to fall, and the most obvious one of all, is one we haven't talked about at all. With all due respect to those three guys and what they might do. Jason Light, the Bucks general manager, is probably the executive of the year for pulling off one move and one move only, getting Tom Brady. A reminder, check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision. The original series is now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Back to Rogers and the Rogers Redux. Jeez. Bart's not even on the air for like about another six hours. Bart's already fired up. Bart and Han, noon Eastern, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. It's a pleasure to be joined by Dan Graziano. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. He's our ESPN NFL insider. All right, Graz. Hey. So uh, Tom Brady set to play in Super Bowl number 10. It's been about 10 years since Aaron Rodgers has been to the Super Bowl. He had an opportunity, of course, on Sunday fell short so take us inside all angles his options the Packers options and frankly what's just realistic here Uh, the most likely scenario Zubin is that he returns and plays for the Packers for another season from the team standpoint that's their preference and that's what makes the most sense in terms of you know financially and the dead money that they would incur if they had to move on from him this offseason versus next offseason but as, as I'm sure has been discussed here over the last 24 hours, he, he has he, he didn't not mean anything, right? Like, like the, his, he chooses his words carefully. And Aaron Rodgers, once the Packers drafted a Jordan Love in the in the draft last year, knowing that they were already thinking about his successor, that obviously ruffled his feathers. He has admitted as much. They just go through this wonderful year where everything is happy and they're winning all the time, and then finally they lose, and it's a bitter loss, and they're just short of their goal. And he says what he said about an uncertain future. Now, part of it is it's true. His future there is uncertain, as they would admit, because they drafted his successor. But part of it is looking at the landscape, right? You have Deshaun Watson wants a trade. The Lions are going to trade Matthew Stafford. It's a fascinating quarterback landscape in the NFL this offseason. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I have an idea in my head what team I want to go to, let's say it's the San Francisco 49ers he rooted for when he was a kid, and they trade for Deshaun Watson this offseason, and now next year is the year I get to move on, and that's not an option for me, I'm thinking maybe I might want to accelerate the timetable a little bit. So that's just my own speculation about what he could be thinking. But the clip you just played, talk about an era of empowerment for NFL players. NFL players are looking at things differently than they did five, ten years ago. And we've seen this with non-quarterbacks. If Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers can force their team's hands this offseason and pick their next team, even though they're under contract right now with the Texans and the Packers, that's a significant change in the way the NFL operates. And I don't think Rodgers would want to just watch someone else do it and not be a part of it if he has still any control over where he ends up. They don't like me to do this, Dan, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to give you a double-barrel question real quick here. What is the haul for Aaron Rodgers, and where would he, outside the 49ers, land? What is the best landing spot? 
In terms of what it would take to get him, it would have to be a ton because the Packers would be incurring a significant dead money hit. You're talking about $31 million plus this year if they trade him before the third day of the league year and $38 million plus if they wait until after then to execute the trade because of a roster bonus that's due at that point. So if I'm taking on $30 plus million in dead money, you've got to make it worth my while. So you've got to come at me with, with a first-round pick plus maybe a player that helps me. Uh, etc. So that the haul would be significant. We talk, we've talked about the Sean Watson for the last few weeks, and you know people are saying three first-round picks because of his age. Rodgers obviously a little bit older. You're not getting as many prime years, but you are. I mean, he's the guy that is probably going to win MVP this year. So it's not as if he's over the hill. So it's going to have to be significant in terms of destinations. Look, I mean, it's the same. It's the same group of teams that we've been talking about when we talk about the Sean Watson destinations, when we talk about Matthew Stafford destinations. There are some interesting places. The Indianapolis Colts are looking for a quarterback in the wake of Phillip Rivers' retirement. They are sort of a ready-made roster that if you plug in a quarterback, you probably have a playoff team. I don't imagine the Packers would trade him to the Chicago Bears and, and want to play him twice a year. That's a team that's, that's in the market for a quarterback, but... Uh, you look at if a team like if a team like the Denver Broncos sees itself as closer than we may think, the way that Buccaneers did last year, right? As a team that could that could plug in a quarterback and be an instant contender. There there are teams that look at themselves that way. Do the Miami Dolphins feel they're that close and take a shot with Rodgers and, and hold off on, you know, Tua Tonga Vailoa's development for another year or two? Would Rodgers want to go to a situation where the future quarterback's in place? He's trying to escape such a situation in this scenario. So yeah, it's it would be a lot of interested teams that that look at themselves as maybe Aaron Rodgers away from a Super Bowl. Tom Brady is five years younger than me. I'm not giving away the age, that is, but he's 43, so go do the math, right? <laughs> we can do the math. <laughs> entering he's five his years tenth, younger than me, too. <laughs> enter his 10th uh, Super Bowl uh, this uh, two Sundays from now. How much longer do you think Brady plays? I mean, like, why should we doubt him? He says he wants to play till he's 45. He's 43. He signed through his age 44 season. And quite frankly, if the, if the Buccaneers wanted to do an extension this offseason to take him through 2022, knock down their 21 cap number, what would be the reason not to? He, he has absolutely made good on all these promises about his own longevity. He's playing at a high level. Yeah, look, he had a rough second half Sunday, but the first half and the third down numbers, I mean, these are elite numbers. These are championship quarterback numbers. Uh, he, he says he wants to play till he's 45. I just don't see why we should doubt him. So I, I think you've got to think that he certainly has at least one more year left and, and probably two uh, if, if that's his stated goal. I, I, don't, I don't see why at this point anybody would look at Tom Brady and think he can't do what he wants on this front. And the Ravens say that Lamar Jackson deserves an extension. What's the latest on that front? So he's got, he just finished his third season. So by rule, a drafted player has to play three years before you can even talk about an extension with him. So this, this last week is the first time they could really do it. Um, so the template on this is Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes from last year. Those were both quarterbacks that had just completed their third season. Uh, the team has control over Lamar Jackson for multiple years if they want. He signed for this year. They have a fifth-year option for 2022. You could franchise him in 23. Heck, you could franchise him in 24. You don't have to do the contract now. But the Chiefs and the Texans didn't have to do the Mahomes and Watson deals last summer, and they still got done. So if you're the Ravens, if you're Lamar Jackson, you're looking at those situations and saying that's the kind of 
deal we're talking about. Two very different deals, by the way. Mahomes signed for, you know, for 10 years and, and Watson for three. So you, you, you look at those deals and say that's, that's the template that we would follow if we want to get something done this offseason. There's really no reason not to unless one side really wants to push it, unless the Ravens are trying to get them uh, at a bargain price or unless Lamar is trying to say, hey, you know, I, I, I want to negotiate off a better year than the one I just had. I would expect it to get done at some point this offseason, but, um, yeah, it's not essential. Okay, Dan, and, and the Houston Texans – are having Leslie Frazier back for a second interview. Obviously, we know that Eric Bieniemy's name yes. is involved in it as well. What's the latest on that front? So they're having second interviews with Frazier, the former Vikings coach, who's now the Bills' defensive coordinator, and David Culley, who's the Baltimore Ravens' wide receivers coach and assistant head coach. They interviewed uh, Jim Caldwell, the former Colts and Lions coach last week for a second time. So it looks like those are the three strong candidates at this point. We haven't heard anything about a second interview for Eric Bieniemy. They can't bring Eric Bieniemy in in person for two more weeks until the Chiefs season is over. Frazier and Cully can come in in person and talk to the team this week, and they are doing so over the next couple of days. So unless the Texans are prepared to wait two weeks to make the hire, it looks like it'll be one of these other guys as opposed to Bieniemy. Uh, you know, Frazier, I think, has a really good shot, but, but Cully's an interesting candidate. He's, he's 65 years old. He hasn't been necessarily around on the interview circuit the last couple of years, but he is, a, like all these guys, he's a former Andy Reid assistant, uh, and he's somebody who's well-regarded. So, uh, you know, the fact that he's coming back for a second interview makes him worth keeping an eye on for sure. Coach Cully, let me ask you this, Dan. For the second time, and I had no idea that, that this was – taking place with you as a, a voter for the Baseball Hall of Fame. But for the second time in the last eight years, we might not get <laughs> anyone elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. As a voter, what do you think? Because when you look at Roger Clemens and you look at Barry Bonds, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, they got somewhere in the mid-60s last time. They need at least 75%, and if they don't get it, five years passes before they have to get into the senior position correct and Dan we get got just like one minute I know you're an NFL guy but key throwing you a curveball well I mean I was a baseball guy for 14 years a long time ago that's why I'm a, I'm a hall of fame voter and I'm still voting on guys I covered uh, so I feel like it's all right to keep doing that until that's no longer the case but I, I've never had an issue with a year where nobody gets in I know the hall of fame doesn't like it because they don't get to have their ceremony but if no one deserves to get in then, then no one gets in. I personally have not been someone who has voted for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I did not vote for them this year. Obviously, I hold the, the steroid thing against them. Not everyone does. Uh, this is their second to last chance. If they don't get the 75% this year, then next year would be their last chance. And sometimes you see guys get a boost on that last ballot. Uh, but these are unique circumstances. So I, I wonder if that will indeed happen. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't, feel the, I don't feel the need to, to force someone in just to have someone go in uh, on a given year if no one is deserving. It's well said. It's just the juxtaposition of the passing of Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds and the home run record all coming to a head. There's so many different stories regarding that. Dan on the baseball beat. Now nobody better on the NFL beat. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate the perspective. All right, Dan. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Here's the one thing I want to quickly say. You know the one thing? There's a curveball. One thing that Dan said that, that really captured me was, this is how the NFL works today. What could they get for Aaron Rodgers, Key, when you said, what could they get for Aaron Rodgers? 
He said, oh, my goodness, the dead cap money would be so huge. The first thing I thought he would say was, well, we are losing Aaron Rodgers, so we have to get a ton in return. Instead, he said, it's not losing Aaron Rodgers. It's the dead money we would lose with Aaron Rodgers. That just boggles the mind. That's how the NFL works. We're losing one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. But wait a minute. What's his dead cap hit? That's more important to me right now. It's crazy. It's, it's always important because it affects how you can build – toward the future with that dead money sitting there. A lot of teams don't want to absorb those big, big, giant numbers. On the way, even in his passing, why Kobe Bryant and Los Angeles, California are tied at the hip forever.